say you've got to be excited about you have to be excited it's the rules we have to it's the rules we're glad to be here tonight so cool welcome everyone we are in our seventh season now we began that i know last week yes we are seventh season so we told you all we had a very special guest coming on for the beginning of our seventh year and she's sitting over there. Yes, she is. Live <laughs> yes, and in person. She's the one that's going, you guys scary. That's what she's thinking. You know she's thinking that, right? It's you that well, scares no, her. No, it's you. <laughs> oh, well, somebody does. I know, because she's like deer in the headlights right now. This is my one of my very, very best friends in all the world. What's your name? <laughs> she can't remember anybody's name. <laughs> yes, I can. Deborah Daypoor. Deborah Daypoor. And uh, I be, we just talked about it. I met you 20 years ago right now. Yeah, at least that. At least that, at right? Least that, maybe yeah. 2000, maybe 1998 or nine. I'm not sure exactly, right. but it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Known you for a very long time. You know my children. and I do. Yes. And uh, it's a joy to have you on the show Thank for the you. first time. Now, Thank this, you. you realize that once you do go yard with the two of us, that it's not the, the last time. It's the first time. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? That sounds good. Is that right? Yeah, we're contagious. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah, people come on and they, they sometimes. <laughs> are a little nervous like she was when she first started six years ago and then they it's like oh it's just like talking to old friends so and that's what it is uh we've got a great topic audience for tonight we're glad you've joined us uh we have facebook up and running so if you have a question or a comment during the show you can just pump it right in there into facebook and we will angel will be able to read it and we will get a response or you can call in the number is right here in front and the call-in number is 727-441-3000. So you are welcome to call in, ask a question. You can ask it to Deborah. You can ask it to Dr. Angel, or I doubt if you'll ask it to me, but <laughs> they're the experts. So I don't, they know, nobody ever asked me a question, Tommy. They always, I feel terrible about it. They, they don't, but there's our good-looking engineer in there. We love Tommy. So um, Dr. Angel, because we are starting this new year, We're going to do some different things during this year. One of those is having authors like this. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm going to hold up to the camera, wherever it is. It's right there, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm holding up Deborah's first book, Peace at Any Price, How to Overcome the Please Disease. And I'm going to ask you to tell us why you wrote this book in just a moment. But tonight, we're going to focus on your brand new book. And by the way, both of these are on Amazon, so I'm going to hold this up to the camera. And you can go on Amazon and get this, Beyond Reason, How to Deal with Difficult Loved Ones. 
I don't know why you wrote this book because you're the only one that has difficult loved ones. Really? None, yeah, none of the rest of us do. We oh. don't even know why you wrote the book. I but don't either. We're just don't like either. giving you your say. Because do you have an extra copy? <laughs> <laughs> we can get you one. Yeah, we can get you one. She's got some in her trunk. Absolutely. Yes, we can. So they're both on Amazon. Peace at any price, beyond reason. Uh, how to deal with the difficult loved ones. So let's just start right in, Deborah. We're going to put you on the spot. You're going to be okay. with us for the whole show. And uh, we will both be asking you questions at times. And I'll tell Angel what question to ask. No, I won't. <laughs> She'll ask whatever she feels like asking. So why did you write? Let's just start with why did you write Peace at Any Price? Peace at Any Price. Uh, I saw a lot of that in myself. I saw a lot of that in my clients. I, Over a number of years going to therapists and support groups, I realized how harmful that position in life was to always be trying to please everybody. And basically, I was pleasing no one, especially not me. And I was attracting a lot of difficult people to me. Right. So... Yeah, so that was a uh, that was your first work, wasn't it? The first mm-hmm. book. First book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. And um, I was as I was going back and looking at this, you have a list of I don't know ten or twelve things right here on the back of yes, your book. Yes. That would help you identify whether or not you have the please disease. <laughs> right. Do very right. many people have the please disease? I think it's very prevalent in our society. Do you see that in your practice, doctor? Absolutely. So what do they look like? Do they have a hat? I have a I have the please disease. They have disease. this um, tattoo that when tattoo? I turn the lights down, it like if glows. It glows. <laughs> Is that how you know? That's, That's how, how you know. know. Uh, I'm going to hand you the book, and why don't you just read those things on the back okay. and uh, help our audience understand why you would write such a book. Okay. It says, do you have your glasses on, Grandma? I, I can see. Okay. <laughs> peace at any price, people. are polite, generous, passive beings who value peace above all else. Try to avoid arguments, disagreements, and fights. Oh. Fear, anger. Have a history of childhood abuse, abandonment, or neglect. Put other people's wants and needs ahead of their own. Silently dislike aggressive people. Do not like to ask for what they want. Attract aggressive partners. Stuff their feelings. And avoid making decisions like choosing a restaurant or choosing a movie. So they're, wow, they're, there rather, you go. they're rather invisible. So... Uh, and usually the one that they will argue with me about is their childhood. They'll tell me they had a wonderful childhood until we get into that a little deeper. But I have a really easy way to figure that out. If you are picking out a greeting card for one of your parents and you really dislike that task, you don't like reading these Hallmark cards that say you were always there for me, you were wonderful. <laughs> if that is like one of the worst things that happens to you all year, then we have a clue that maybe it wasn't quite as great as, as you're giving. As what you think. Right. So a lot of your patients, because you are a licensed mental health counselor like Dr. Angel is, and you've been in practice for many, many years. 30. 30. You're old. <laughs> but anyway, you've been there a long time. Right. And so how often do you find pleasers that sit there in the counseling room? I would say they are the majority of my clients. I think that the troublemakers don't show up. It's the pleasers who are there trying to oh. make things better. You agree, Dr. Angel? Yeah, I do see a lot of pleasers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are they happy people? Uh, yeah, no. No, <laughs> they're miserable. Why are they miserable? Both of and you. And they usually walk in. How do I make someone X Y Z? Or how 
I do this, this, and this, and why is nobody loving me? Right. Yes. Right. So they expect results from the people because they're being so pleasing, and so they're right. kind and generous and right. thoughtful and right. Yes. Right. Yeah, go ahead with that. Well, one of the um, interesting things that happened to me along the way is I was doing a group of addicts and alcoholics, and I asked them, I said, how do you guys find your girlfriends? And they said, well, you know that. You're a counselor. I said, no, I want to hear your answers. And so they said, well, they're nice. They're real nice. And they said, they'll cook your favorite foods. They'll buy you presents. And one said, yeah, and you can pick a fight with them, and they'll make up. And then they all laughed. I didn't laugh because I saw too much of myself in that. Really? But it's really not a coincidence very often who comes into your life because they're looking for somebody to take care of them. So how does that relate to the word codependency? Well, that's a, I think a codependent is a pleaser. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Instead of having their own good sense of themselves, standing by their own values, you know, being true to themselves, they're externally focused trying to please everybody out there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what kind of problems does that cause for the person who's a people pleaser? Well, they're usually not being treated very well, and that's in their primary relationship with their children, with their uh, co-workers, employers. People spot that. They spot it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're not dumb. So how often do you think this, this causes problems in relationships? Oh, I think it causes a lot of problems in relationships, I think. But it starts with the person feeling um, empty, depressed, anxious, lonely. Like, those are some of the feelings I see when people walk in that are trying to please everyone. They do not have a, an identity of who they are. They're a chameleon. They blend with whoever they're around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, be, and they do that because they want everybody to like them mm-hmm. yes and they don't want to ruffle the feathers they were peace at any price right peace at any price so, and that will mean whatever but yeah. there is a price oh there's a big price right there right. is a big price right but for them you know that inter- they don't see the internal cost they don't okay. see the cost of what's happening to who they are on the inside and what it's doing to them inside. But aren't they usually miserable anyway? I mean, well, I don't think they know that. I think usually they, like I did, come out of a very dysfunctional home, and so what they're doing feels normal. It's what's always been there. They don't know any different. So it's good they're in therapy or it's good they go to groups, and then they begin to experience something different. How often is the please disease related to growing up in a dysfunctional home with an alcoholic parent or an abusive parent? Very often. Maybe maybe always. Maybe always. Does mm-hmm. that also create a lot of codependency? Oh, yeah. Okay. And yeah. the please disease and codependency are very in- intricately intertwined, right? right? Pretty synonymous. Pretty synonymous. You want to mm-hmm. comment on that? No, I agree. <laughs> My gosh, she agrees. She never agrees. I, I do not usually agree so with her. So as I was going back through the new book, Beyond Reason, okay, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you why you wrote this in just a minute, but I wrote down something I saw a couple times, and I want you both to elaborate on this sentence. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that wisdom, and how is that wisdom? Well, I, I guess the wisdom of it is that if you want to make some changes in your life, you're, you're going to have to be willing to make some change. You can't just sit and, and wish that it's going, going to happen. 
But so many people just sit on the sit and spin, right? And they go sit around spin. on the same com- the same problems. They don't like what they're in. Mm-hmm. People that mm-hmm. are victims of the please disease or codependent or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to comment on that? Well, absolutely, because it, it's such a true phenomenon. I mean, it kind of goes back to Einstein's definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing and expecting different results. So exactly. yeah. we want change. We have to have change. And usually we get change when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. That's when people are willing to change. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. So how many, like in both of your practices, how many times do you see as you begin to treat somebody with the please disease, codependency, whatever you want to call it, how often do you find that they really begin to see what's happening and make start making some changes? Because if nothing changes, then nothing changes. So we realize there has to be change. There has to be work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I think it depends upon just exactly what you said, you know, when the pain becomes so great. But I think when you go out and you experience something different, um, I know that for me, Al-Anon helped a great deal. And the reason it did is that I was really connecting with people there. I was overcoming a lot of my childhood problems. And then when I would be with my alcoholic, I, I couldn't connect. And that became very uncomfortable. And you were married to your alcoholic. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and don't you think that is a common problem, whether it be drug abuse or alcoholism in this day and age, that there's oh, a yeah. lot of people living in relationships. They really are miserable, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they really don't know how to get out. And they right. try their best to, to keep the peace. Just right. do anything. Make the right meal. Clean the house correctly. Right. I didn't mean to run into you there. Go ahead. It's all right. You want to comment on that? She's beating me up now and on camera. So evidence now. Evidence. Evidence. Yeah. But go ahead. No, you're right. And, you know, a lot of people are putting up with a lot of stuff that they shouldn't be. I think some of it is, is they don't know better. Right. Okay. It's normal. Right. Um, you know, so for me, what I find when I start educating my patients on like what a healthy relationship should look like, and it's always the challenge of, okay, I want you to circle the dynamics you have in your relationships. And when they look through the list and they can't circle but one or two out of a list of 30, 40 traits. Good to then good things. We, right. Of the positive things, a relationship and healthy one should look like. Now we have somewhere to work. I think part of it is we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. You want to amplify exactly. on that, Deb? Uh, no, but I, I think, um, I think what she's saying kind of leads me into why I wrote. Uh, yes, beyond, beyond reason. Beyond Let reason. me show the camera again how to deal with difficult loved ones. <laughs> right. We've got quite a few listeners, by the way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, beyond reason, uh, I think that people try to use their own reasoning to solve the problem. Right. And they can't really do that. And one of the really big problems for a codependent is what we call projection. They project onto others who they are. Okay, so if you're nice and you're polite and you do things with other, considering other people, you begin to think other people do that. But you might very well be in a relationship with somebody who does not do that. They might be very self-centered and do just what's right for them. And so you keep trying to reason with them. You know, if I could just ah, get it Now across. we're getting to the title of the book. <laughs> right. Beyond reason. If I could just reason with them, <laughs> right. they will start behaving the way I want them to behave. And Mama Mac, you've been there. I have. <laughs> you've been she's there. Known me well, so now she's, long. Now me she's getting me personal. <laughs> oh, man, I think she just needs to come on. <laughs> I have been there many times. And, and thinking that if I just do this and this, 
because I would treat I would act that way. So why aren't you acting that way? Not right. meaning you. I mean, right. Past people in my life. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, which brings me to the quote I use so often in the counseling room, Maya Angela. When people show you who they are, believe them. Oh yes. Yes. So why don't we do that? I quote that all the time too. But why don't we? Are so many of us are stuck in relationships where we can't seem to get out of the, our own way, really. Right. We're just in the middle of it, and we just make excuses for the person who's treating us the way they are. Exactly. And I think sometimes we have tunnel vision, and sometimes we want outcomes just to be the way we want them to be. And so we're not willing to take in what's so obvious. Right. Like somebody's telling you who they are. Right. And they've shown you many, many ways in the, in the things they've done. And we're just sweeping it under the rug. Because we want that relationship to continue. Right. Right. So it can be because I'm afraid of being alone. Mm-hmm. It could be that I want to, I believe I can change you and I can help you. And so they have this unrealistic hope that doesn't really exist. And they keep going through this merry-go-round of misery and things aren't getting better. It's usually getting worse as time goes on. That's right. When I first met you, Deb, I was in a relationship that was very difficult. And I would say when you would ask me, because I would come to you for counseling, (laughs) this was my counselor. Okay, This explains explains everything, right? Yeah. And and I would come to you and I would say, this, this, this happened. And you'd say, well, why, why is that okay? Why are you staying? And I'd say, I think the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. That was always what I said. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and and then we, and I think in our job, we let them go with that. If that's where they're at, it's not up to us to change your mind. We're trying to put something out there that you might look at, but absolutely, yeah. Isn't that frustrating for you, counselors? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was telling you on the way over here that I really don't like a lot of responsibility. Like I would hate to be a surgeon or an emergency room nurse or even a truck driver. A lot of responsibility. You don't want to be a truck driver when you grow up? No, no, no. no, no I don't want to do any Just of that. Just keep that. Right there. <laughs> she does not no want to be truck a truck driving. driver. Gotcha. <laughs> but you know, counseling doesn't carry that. I mean, we are. We certainly need to know our profession and do it right. But how it comes out is not our responsibility. Well, you know, that's what I tell this to patients all the time. It's like, you know, you have an infection, you go to the doctor, he gives you an antibiotic. Now, it's not the doctor's fault if you don't take the antibiotic. It's yours, right? Same thing with counseling. It's our job to be present, to be aware, to be reflective, to help give you tools. To be awake. To be awake. awake. That's a good one. (laughs) But And educate you and help give you tools. But at the end of the day, you have to be willing to pick them up and use those tools. Right. One of the things that I really like to say is that how I take care of my body is my responsibility. Okay. Only I can feed myself. Only I can take myself out to exercise, whatever I do. Well, I think the same is true with our emotions. Right. Okay. I'm responsible for my emotions. So if you hurt my feelings and I don't find a way to take care of myself and I swallow that and suffer with it, that's that's on me. But isn't that what a lot of these codependent piece at any price people do? Exactly. And so getting back to the new book, yes. we continue to look for ex- explanations mm-hmm. for why that significant person in our life does not react the way they should. Right. Why, right. Were, why were they so mean? Or why did they... 
right. cheat on the in the relationship, or why did they, right. you know, go with that? I mean, well, I divide the book up into actually five sections, and I think that a lot of people don't understand codependency even now, even though Melody Beattie did some great work on it she thirty did. years ago. Codependent no more, right? And uh, but it's still, in fact, I wrote a couple of. Um, continuing education courses on codependency and they've been selling for over 10 years because wow. even the professionals a lot of them don't understand what it is so the, the sections in the book are codependency addictions eating disorders personality disorders and recovery and because i think if you're in a relationship with somebody who has an addiction or they have a personality disorder and you try to just put reason to it it's not going to make sense you're going to need to factor in what you know about yourself and factor in things about addictions or personality disorders that will make it then make sense to you. Exactly, yeah. So with that in mind, the people that are out there going, uh, yeah, I'm married to somebody who is really difficult, we really don't speak half the time, or, or whatever the case may be, what do you suggest for them? I mean, when they are in a relationship that reasoning doesn't work. It's beyond reason. It doesn't work. Come see Dr. Angel. (laughs) (laughs) I notice you're not telling them to come down your way and see you, right? Well, I do just phone therapy these days during COVID. But, um, yeah, I think once you reach out to something, um, even churches, too. Sure. Absolutely. Got to reach out. Got to reach out. Yeah. But so there are a lot of people that are stuck in situations. I want to talk to you about your MVPs. Okay. Okay. And how important those are. You read her book. Mm-hmm. But I want to give our audience uh, five things that you put in your peace book. Peace at any price. A person who wants to feel great will. Do you remember these five things? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do. The great. The the acronym. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It, the yeah. word great. Go right. ahead. Right. Uh, okay. I'll see if you're right. Okay. I'm going to check you. Oh, now right. she's going to test you. I'm going right, to test you. Right, yeah. right, right. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This has been a while. That came out in 05. So let's see. Um, 05. Boy. Yeah, that's a long okay, time ago. Okay, you want me to read them to you yeah. and then you can amplify on them? Yeah, please. <laughs> G for great is grieve the past. Yeah. Refuse to blame is the R. Yeah. Erect boundaries mm-hmm. is the E. Assert yourself is mm-hmm. the A. And uh, take risks is the is the T right. in the word great. Right. So grieve the past, refuse to blame, erect boundaries, assert yourself, take risks. Okay. Take any of those. So you got, you got two minutes. I often say you have to feel it to heal it and grieve it to leave it. It doesn't. You know, I like I the like way that. I like the way Freud said it. He said buried pain does not decompose. It's true. It doesn't Floyd just... Floyd said this? Floyd said it. Did you Very, know him? I mean, I know you. <gasps> oh, she's really going oh, there. Oh, she's she? Was he a colleague of yours? <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh. No, he was my student. He was your student. <laughs> okay. You know, some people can live a long time. Yeah. All right. So, so that's the G. That's the G. Grieve okay. the past. Right. Grieve okay. it. Grieve it to leave so, it. And, what? And feel it to heal it. Feel it to heal it. Right. So, we, yeah. And then refuse to blame. I think that blame really gives their power away. It's like if I say, well, I can't enjoy this evening because because Marsha's here. Then I've just given my power to Marsha, right? I agree. I always say it's not I can't, it's I won't. (laughs) She has this trouble every Thursday night at 6. Yeah. But it's a lot lot better to take responsibility for what's yours. You know, you're, say, you've chose a difficult mate own that you know i chose to marry him so now it's difficult 
Right. All right. So you don't blame. Uh, erect boundaries. We all have to have boundaries. There's You cannot live in a healthy world unless you have certain boundaries. Assert yourself. That's how you usually get the boundaries is you tell people what they did, how you felt, and you ask for what you want. There you go. When you, I felt, and this is what I'd like. And and it's it is risky because yeah. it's easier sometimes to hold on than it is it seems so anyway to hold on rather than let go. We have so much more to talk about in the next half hour. We okay. got so much. We'll be right back with let's do a great song. What song is this? I will survive, right? So we are going to survive, and you are too, dear listener. We're coming right back to go yard. Don't go anywhere. Call a friend. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back from out of space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face I should have changed that stupid lock I should have made you leave your key If I'd have known for just one second you'd be back Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tantalk Radio Network.
Dr. Angel wants the rest of our show just to be that song over and over again. And she's going to sit here and lip sync it, Tommy, because that's what she does. That's what she does. She had those arms moving. She did. I did. did she I was not? rolling it, man. You were really into it. I, I think it was a whole day of counseling got to you, right? Yeah. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Our special guest tonight is my very, very good, wonderful, wonderful friend. At least that's how I feel. I don't know how she feels, but I just how I feel. Uh, and that's Deborah Depore. And uh, known you forever almost. Beyond Reason is your brand new book. And the one we've been talking about earlier was Peace at Any Price, which you have over there. That was your first book several years ago. Mm-hmm. Beyond Reason is this one. It's on Amazon. They are both on Amazon. Beyond Reason, how to deal with difficult loved ones. And now we're going to talk about dealing with difficult loved ones. Okay. Um, and... I want to quote you something you wrote in your book on page 68. Okay. Do you know what that quote's going to be? I'm just curious. Yeah, right. Second paragraph. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) The number one reason for why people say and do what they do is because they can. I I think that's true. You want to amplify on that and how that applies to this book as in relation to loved ones who hurt us, etc.? Yeah, I think that uh, people size each other up, and if they know they can get away with it, it's just like an unruly little child. You know, why do they do what they do? Because they can. Now, when mom or dad intervenes and says, that's not going to fly or you're going to have a consequence, they stop. Well, it's the same with with a lot of adults. You know, a lot of adults have permission inside themselves to do things that perhaps you would never do. We have a caller. We have a caller. Good. Yes. Caller. Who are you? This is Betty. Betty, you've got a frog in your throat. How are you feeling? Betty Grand Rapids, well, Michigan, Betty. Hey Betty. Oh, I'm 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 feeling I'm feeling better. I just sound really bad. Okay. Well we're glad <laughs> you're so, better. Glad you're calling well, in. Well, you know, I've um I've started reading um one your reasoning book. Yes. Yes, and I could be a poster child. I could be a poster child for what you ladies are talking about uh, this evening. Um, you know, having you know, being raised um, with alcoholic parents, and and there was physical fighting, um, and then um, getting into a relationship where I feel like that I was trapped. Um, but then I started setting boundaries, and it has gotten better. But now I have a family member. Um, who has set some boundaries and um, and is getting out. They, they, she's had enough. And so I just want to thank you for um, for Pastor Marsha, uh, or my friend Marsha, Mama Mac, um, <laughs> Dr. Angel, and Deb, um, for being so open and honest um, for people who have been through this. Um, it can be very traumatic um, for those who it affects. Uh, I am definitely a pleaser, um, but I am starting to set my own boundaries um, after 60-some-plus years um, because I'm tired of being a doormat. Um, my family member is tired of being a doormat. So I, you know, I praise all three of you ladies for standing up and telling the the world exactly what we need to hear. We probably should have heard this many, many, many years ago, but I think we are just um, 
we just our, the, the information fell on deaf ears because we didn't think that was us. But yeah. then the older you get, maybe the wiser you get. Right. Um, but again, like I said, I'm 60 plus years old and um, things are better. Things are better in my life. And I and I have to give glory to to to, to my heavenly father for that. Sure. But I also give thanks to Mama Mac and for Dr. Angel and for the six years that they have been on the radio has made a definite in be it being a definite influence in my life and i want to thank you and deb i've never gotten to meet you i've prayed for you oh but nice I, I appreciate you writing those books <clears throat> thank you um, because they, they are they are help they're very very helpful and i appreciate it thank you and we thank appreciate you, you yeah thanks for calling in we pray you get better soon and thanks for your comments and your um, yeah, that's just really sweet. You are really sweeter than you normally are. So I just <laughs> thank you, Betty. Well, there's, thank a, there's a guest. There's a guest in that. I know. know I don't room. have to behave in front of her. I, she if she knows me no, better than all, most Marcia, people. Marcia, we all know you. So <laughs> yes, yes, to know me is to love me. I'm just saying. No. Yes, it is. No, but, but th- thank you, thank you all three of you very hey, much. Hey, thank you, Betty, thank you. for calling in. So before we move on, can I just address one thing? That you she can. Said? So do. I think what happens, and what she says, the older we get. The wiser we get. I think what happens is we're kind of like that fish that's on the, we ate the bait and we're, you know, you have to kind of let the fish work out their energy before you can reel them in, right? So we are, we have to work out and try to do everything in our power to fix what we think we can fix. And mm-hmm. then the older we get, the more we realize I've done all of this and it's still not better. Right. And that's when we're becoming well, more humble and Well, what is the first willing. step with AA, Al-Anon, NA? Admit your powerlessness. Right? Yes. Admit your powerlessness. Right. And I think that all of us have been in relationships, Betty included, she just said, where we have tried to please and tried to be the dutiful wife or tried to be everything that some other person in our life needed us and wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. So I want you to address that, Deb, on how to deal with these difficult situations and Uh, I think it goes right to your MVPs. And so, listeners, get a pen. You're getting ready to write down three things. Uh, MVP in baseball and in football is most valuable player, right? Right. So, uh, but in your world, Deb, poor, it means? (laughs) Morals, values, and principles. I think when we're going to team up with somebody, be it a partner or a good friend, we need to be aware, do we have similar morals? Do we have similar values? Do we live by similar principles? You mean not everybody has the same code of ethics? I mean that very much. Yes, they do not. And well, in real estate, we have to take a code of ethics class every two years to be mm-hmm. reminded of what we are responsible to do. And the, and the most important thing with all of that is honesty, diligence, telling the truth, following through, doing what you said you're going to do, ethics, you know. But I think a lot of people don't have many morals, values, or principles. So I want you to amplify on those morals. Let's start with that one. Well, what, uh, like I say, inside yourself, what do you have permission to do? Uh, can you... Uh, Harm somebody's property and walk away and not feel bad about it. Do it without a conscience. Can you tell somebody off, you know, uh, fly off the handle at them, throw something at them? If, you know, those are, are morals. Or cheat on them in a relationship. Cheat but I think them. a lot of people do that. Right. And feel okay. Right. So right. when I so I we work a lot in this principle, and so when I'm talking to people about what our morals are, it's kind of our stoplight of our behavior. Like it's the go, it's the red light, it's the yellow light. It's what guides us to what's okay and what's not okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. 
And how does that affect us having a hard time with some of our loved ones? Well, as I say, we can assume that they have those same morals or maybe even they've shown us that they do not, uh, but we overlook it. But yeah. the, the really big problem, if you don't have similar morals, values, and principles, is now you've, if you're in a close relationship with somebody like that, you either have to really compromise yourself or you're trying to fix them, which is really impossible. But that's what most people try, right? Right. Well, they, they do both. They compromise themselves while they're trying to, to fix them. And they're miserable the whole time. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you would say that's not a good idea? Not a good idea. <laughs> okay. So trying to fix someone, let's go with that, with the morals thing. So you're, you're married to somebody and you find out they're cheating on you or you find out they lie to you all the time. Maybe they don't cheat. They just lie to you. Mm -hmm. They're not where they said they were or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And they, they don't have that moral compass that right. says it's not okay to lie to your partner. Right. 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 Well, and a lot of people just believe they have the same morals as someone else if they have the same faith background. Oh, you're Christian too? Oh, that means we share the same morals. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Boy, that's a good point. It is and, a good and point. And they do that all the time. You mean all, all Christians are not alike? No. No, they're I not. Mean, <laughs> and they, they do, but they're like, for somebody who shares that same faith background, it doesn't matter what it is, because then they believe they all share the same morals, and it's based in the same faith background. And it's easy to make that assumption. Absolutely. And it is a, an assumption. It's a big assumption communication is needed right so you really need to spend some time with somebody even if it's just going to be a good friend before mm -hmm. you let them get that close because you don't you know mean who that you person should not is. go to bed with somebody on the first date i would not <laughs> <laughs> did you say probably not or i would not i would not, is oh, what I you said. Would not. it's good to know about her isn't it yeah well we talk about that all the time like that's any relationship not just our romantic ones right. but you have to spend that time and have those conversations trust is built slowly right it is built trust slowly. and respect are earned yes we right. don't just give those away they were earned because you've seen how this person behaved. I heard a lady one day, she was very happily married, and I said, how did you know? And she said, you know, it was a Sunday morning, we went to get a newspaper out of one of those things where you put the money in, and she said, and, and a guy was there, and, and he held it open and told my boyfriend, go ahead and take one. And my boyfriend said no, and he put it back up and put the money in. Well, you know, that it, things like that are an indication. Exactly. Those are huge, and right, we live, our, we live them, so we get to watch how people are living. We can talk morals, that we have these great morals, but are we living them? Right. That's what we really are. So what's the difference between morals and values? Well, values would be uh, like, you know, what do you, do you value your family? Do you value love? Do you value your time, you know? Um, or do you put maybe money ahead of all of that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So just like morals was the stoplight of our behavior, the green light, red light. So our values is really our priorities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So what's important to you? Well, mm -hmm. if, what's important to me? Um, I think, you know, connecting with people I really like, my friends, my family, um, being healthy, feeling good, just really simple pleasures. And I don't want to work so hard that I don't have time for any of that. Right. Exactly. So that's a value. Okay. Anything else do you, either of you want to add with the values? No, I mean, it's really important to kind of know, I mean, we need to know our values because, and if you want to know what you value right now, take a time inventory. Where are you putting your time, energy, and effort? That's what you value. That's right. Well, there you go. Time inventory. Yeah. How do you do that? 
slogging what you're doing what when, when what you're doing with your time over a week a, a couple days whatever you'll see what you really truly value and for a lot of people what they'll find is they really value a whole lot of waste of time on social media like hours and hours but they don't have 10 minutes to go read a story to their kid yeah and that's what we're finding so when I, and you know when our phones log how much we've been on it and i oh. tell people read me your phone log for the time you're on it uh, she's yeah. tough I am. She is tough. <laughs> it gets the she job done, though, doesn't it? Tough. It's yes. good. <laughs> principles. Let's talk about principles. What are they? Okay. Well, you know, whenever you're in a conflict with somebody, um, I like principles ahead of personalities. Everybody has a personality, okay? And I can be sucked in by the personality. I really like this person. But let's say this person's done something wrong. You know, am I going to stick by the principle? Am I going to stick by truth? Am I going to tell the truth? Or am I going to cave in to this personality that might be stronger than mine? You know, mm -hmm. so then I'm losing a part of myself. It's one of the things they teach in, in a lot of 12-step support groups. Put principles ahead of personalities. Right. So that you're you're always feeling okay with yourself. And I think in life, we're all of us are challenged at one time or another to do that. Somebody I know very well uh, was dating a guy recently, and they went into the pool shop to buy stuff for his pool. Mm -hmm. And so they had, you know, chlorine, they had a brush, they had different things, okay? And so he got out in the car, and this, this lady was looking at the bill, and she goes, that wasn't enough money. We didn't get pay charged enough for that. They didn't ring up that big pool brush. And the guy said, we're not going back. I knew it. I knew it at the moment. I'm not going back. Their mistakes, stupid them. Yeah. And she called me and she goes, that really upset me. And I said, run. Yeah. I said, run. If if he does not value the fact that he just got away with a $40 right. piece of pool equipment. How's he going to treat you? Right. And <laughs> thinks you're stupid for wanting to go back and right. make it right. 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 So I'll yeah. just give you that example. That happened. So recently. I believe it. So, um, so often, Deb, I think that people get caught up with expecting, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, that the person they're dealing with can be reasoned with. Yeah. I want you to address that. Well, because it, it, we, well, what is, for, why don't you back up and say, what does it mean to reason with someone? Because maybe we need to identify that, define that, what that really means. What does it mean to reason? Well, yeah. try to put your point across, try to get them to see things your way Okay, would be reason. Well, and like you said earlier, projecting what I would do in that situation right. and expecting them to do the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Something right. like that. Right. So why is it that so often our loved ones are the people around us are the most difficult to get along with and, and we can't see we, th we think why do they not see it the way I see it well because they don't and there there can be any number of reasons and and one of the more serious ones is that person can actually have a personality disorder and if you're talking to a narcissist or somebody uh, a, a sociopath and you might be or somebody even with a borderline personality disorder they cannot see things the way you can. They they cannot. So I think in some cases we need more knowledge. And that's the impetus I had for writing a okay. couple of those sections. And so a lot of what you're talking about here, you talk about codependency a lot. You talk about the young man, Jeff, who couldn't get out of that relationship. Do you want to talk about that? People who go back, this was a big part of the book, and I thought mm -hmm. it was quite interesting that Jeff seemed to continue to go back to this person who was really not good for him. Right. 
And I think what I tried to bring out of that is he really hadn't had the attention from his parents that he wanted. And in fact, that's kind of throughout the book how uh, we recreate what we had as children, even when we didn't like it. Oh, yes. We wanted to talk about that. Talk, amplify on that. Because it, it was natural. It's what's normal for us. And subconsciously, we really want the love from that personality that resembles the parent that we had trouble getting along with. Okay. I mean, that's very powerful. Uh, and people will grow up saying, I will never do that. But it's it's more apt to happen than not, far more. Okay, often. so let's say the mother is very abusive and verbally abusive, alcoholic, mm-hmm. terrible, drug addict, whatever she might be. Mm-hmm. How does that translate when a person is attracted to a person who has some of those same? Why would they be attracted? Wouldn't you think they'd want to run the other way from a person like that? But it's very unresolved for them. Okay. Well, and it's familiar. It's, it's familiar. familiar. It's what you know. Right. It's what you know. It's familiar. Uh, you don't expect to be treated any better because you never were. Okay. And and you would like the love from a person like that. And you'd like to reason it out with them, you know, if you didn't drink so much. <laughs> okay. So the person who gets involved with that person breaks up with them, as Jeff does here in the book several, multiple times. The girlfriend. The breaks girlfriend. Up. Uh-huh. The breaks up, yeah. Mm-hmm. With him. Right. Over and over again. Right. But he doesn't understand what's going on. Do you want to? Right. Well, and, and in his case, he is parents divorced, and uh, he the girlfriend actually uh, reminded him of his dad, his dad who had rejected him. Because it's it's not about the sex of the, of the parent okay. you know, or the spouse. It's the personality. It's the personality that right. we're talking about. So he wanted her to, to love him, and his, his father really didn't show him love. Right. So he was at high risk for that. So what do you say to our audience that are perhaps in a relationship that is dysfunctional? That a partner, marriage, whatever, what do you say to them? What are these things, flags or whatever they should look for or anything that would help them uh, make some changes or go get counseling? Um, we wing these shows, you know. I know you do. <laughs> she didn't know the questions in advance. Neither did we until they come out of our mouths, right? Okay. Well, I think that's part of the reason I write books is hopefully that will open some people's eyes right. and get them to reach out. Uh, once they come to us, we pretty much go with what they tell us. Right. You know, and keep. we ask a lot of open-ended questions. We just keep asking, like, you know, so that they're doing their own review. Hopefully they're going home and they're thinking about what Give they Give us an example of an open-ended question you might ask in a session. Um, like, how did you feel about that? Okay. Okay. And they could just say, good, maybe you've got a better one. I oh, there's, yeah, we, we lots use of lots of open-ended questions. So, like, how is that working for you? Yeah. Or... Yeah. You know, what, what's the payoff for that? Or, you know, so we we open it up. Um, definitely, we want to open it. We want to reflect back. You know, so when you are struggling, if you are feeling unhappy with your current life situation, if you are feeling lonely, if you are feeling like you're the doormat, like um, Betty was saying, if you're feeling in those ways, like that's when you need to reach out and get help. And books and radio shows and all these things are meant to educate people and let them know this that's the flag like this is not supposed to be how you feel in a healthy relationship right right Right. should make you feel better it should enhance your life right 
we should be, we should, I mean, it doesn't mean that relationships don't have the ups and the downs. All relationships do healthy. Also have ebbs and flows of like, you know, positive and negative. But where is that positive and negative? If you feel like I have to compromise my values or my morals, then yeah, this those are flags. Mm-hmm. If you do not know what your morals and values are, that's a big flag. You need to go <laughs> in and get help. And you laugh, but I, that's no, where I, I start with probably 80% of my patients. Really? I literally have cards. We sit on tables and we start looking at how what's important. And as we watch it, I see healing when I see them getting defined and growing. Mm-hmm. 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 When they're becoming their own person. Oh, yes. When I see them like with things like, oh, fame and wealth and beauty, like that's, you know, we know that they... They're missing. They're looking for things beyond themselves because they they don't know who they are inside. And then I start to see things like, you know, trustworthy and loyalty and honest. Like, that's growth. Yes. Yes. Fame and beauty is not, and riches are not. Uh, hey, no. you laugh, but that, I'm telling oh, I'm you. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I've been doing pastoral counseling for years. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so, Deb, you've, we've got about five minutes left. I want you to just talk and say whatever you want to say. And, uh, I mean, on this whole subject, I mean, really, of how people really do need to get a handle on when a relationship, let's say, let me just throw one at you. Relationships, 20 years. Been married 20 years, okay? Okay. They hardly speak. Uh, there's anger. There's raised voices. Um, it's just not good. It's not fun. It's not friendly. It's not mm-hmm. sexy. It's not romantic. It's mm-hmm. none of that. What do you? And, and they, nobody gets help. I mean, just living that. Really I've sad, known people like that. I've known so many people like that through the years. Right. I have too. And it's it's really sad. And I think that we need to uh, be more in touch with our feelings. Um, it's something that I think in our society gets downplayed too much. Um, you know, I don't think we grieve enough when people die. Right. Uh, we, we have a lot of, life's tough. There's a lot right. of losses, disappointments, betrayals. And uh, I think it's important that we talk about those things and that we feel those things. And then we may become willing to do something different to make life better for ourselves. But if we just keep brushing it away, and we're, it's like a lot of people are just kind of marking time, you know, they're going through life, they're not really having that many good days, not that much to look forward to. It's it's very sad. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So they got to start to do something. It's, it starts with a decision, doesn't it? I'm going to do something about mm-hmm. about my life. Or, I want right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my power. Like it starts with that decision. Like to recognize I have power, and I have the power to change me. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, is going to change my life as I change. Mm-hmm. I know when I was peace at any price, I was like a doormat, and everybody used to wipe their feet on me. Honest to goodness, they, it was amazing. The people would come into my life and the things they would do. And now I've worked on this for many, many years, and it doesn't happen. It right. just doesn't happen. So people do sense who you are. Mm-hmm. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have to wear a shirt that says so or anything. I mean, they, they really <laughs> do sense you can't be messed with, right? Right. right. Or just go ahead and try to mess with me. Right. She tries, but you know, I don't usually succeed. So, um, but you know, I think that this whole topic, I think in this day and age in particular, when we're dealing with this national crisis of COVID and everything, we're home more. People are with each other more, and perhaps it's even become more important now. Mm-hmm. To take a look at marriages that mm-hmm. are are flailing, mm-hmm. or friendships that are just not working, or mm-hmm. anger coming from your quote unquote best friend at you for mm-hmm. whatever no reason, right? Mm-hmm. And, and begin to really 
deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? No, I absolutely agree because, you know, I, she, like she said, people are putting time. People think that, be, oh, because we've been together for 15 years or we've known each other for 30 years, like we should just make it fit. If it's not working, it's not working. We can't put, we can't get blood from a turnip and we can't expect something that might have, you know, we talk about people coming in our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. We talked about so, that this afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times what's happening is we're making reason or season people and trying to make them fit the lifetime mold and it's not okay. Right. We grow. And the, right. You know, who you were when you were, you know, 13 or 20 when you met this person is probably not who you are today. Right. And some they, people grow, some people don't. That's right. And they might not be who who they were. You know, they exactly. might have been a really good person at that time. But there's no shame in moving on. There nope. really isn't. You know, because life is a growth and change process. So, And I think a lot of times it starts with getting in touch of who you really are, get some help, get a professional counseling, get whatever it takes to really take a look and, and search inside, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. That's right. Correct. Right. <laughs> Wow, been a great discussion. We're going to do this again. Okay, and I know good. that there's times that you're stuck in Sarasota, but Bradenton or wherever it is uh-huh. out down there. But sometimes you could call in sometimes oh, for okay. the show. Yeah. And like just like Betty did, you could call in and yeah. you know give us some opinion about something we're talking about. We'd love that. Any, anything, last comment? Uh, I can't think of one. I think we covered a lot. How about you? <laughs> I feel very happy with the show. I think it went very well. Very good dynamic. And listeners, we uh, encourage you to go to Amazon and get Deb's brand new book, Beyond Reason, by Deborah Depoor. How to Deal with Difficult Loved Ones. And get that first one, too. Peace at any price. That has helped me so much through the years. I love that book. And uh, I've just read this one, too. So it's really, really good. They're both excellent. I don't know who you are. What's your name? This has been Dr. Angel. Oh, Dr. Angel. And you are Deborah DePore, the famous author. And we're so glad you've been with us tonight. It's a pleasure. Oh, wow. I'm Mama Mac, and this is great. And this is Go Yard, and we'll see you next week. Uh. Good night. Good night. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.